Hey everyone, welcome back to the kitchen table. I am so excited to be here <laughs> talking my shit in this episode. I'm Imam, my pronouns are they, them. My name is Emily, she, they pronouns. And my name is Natalia. She series with an ad of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a spice. So for today's episode, we are going to be talking about academia, racism, misogyny, and academia, classism. Today we're going to be unpacking these white-ass institutions. I mean, Iman, if you just want to keep going and say... So, let me preface this episode by talking about what happened last week. So, I was sitting in one of my classes, I'm not going to mention which class, um, and we were having a conversation about this experiment that was done right after the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. Um, So, this white educator was incredibly frustrated with the state of race in America at that point and she felt that it was necessary for her to conceptualize this for her kids. So she did a a little experiment, a little activity where she broke up the students by eye color. And she said, okay, so students with blue eyes are quote unquote more superior. They get to play longer at recess. They get to stand in the front of the line. They get to eat lunch first. Students with brown eyes are not as smart, they can't go to recess, they can't eat first, Um, they have to only, like, pair up with other students that have brown eyes. And then as the experiment kept going, um, the students with brown eyes were like, this is not fair, like, we don't have control over the fact that we have brown eyes. And then she also noticed that students with blue eyes were, like, really you know, fucking with that power dynamic, and we're like, oh, okay, brown-eyed is an insult, so, like, ew, losers, brown-eyed students are losers, and then at the end of this whole experiment, it went on for a day or two, um, then she explained to the students how, like, this is not similar, but she was trying to get at the fact that people cannot control their race. People are just born with the race that they have, but in the state of America, because of its, you know, racial history and white supremacy, Folks who are white have access to privilege, have access to power that others who are not white do not have access to. And so that's just basically what the experiment kind of was about, really brief. If um, you know, you're interested, you could definitely go search it up. It's very famous. Um, but this white girl in my class raised her hand and she said, I just don't think it's like fair to like (laughs) she was basically saying that she feels so bad for the students who have uh, brown eyes like this is so violent like this is probably going to change the way they perceive themselves and it's going to impact their development and all this shit and I'm like and I raised my hand I'm like are black and brown people not marginalized every day of their life and she was like well just because Black and brown people are marginalized. You can't take that out on white people because they have privilege. And I said, babes, do you hear yourself? I was like, are you really comparing race to eye color? And she's like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, yes, you are. And she's like, no, I feel like you're saying that, um, you know, we should take it out on white students. I was like, that's not what I'm saying. Clearly, you're not listening to what I'm saying. You're only speaking to respond. And it was a full-on argument. Then more white bitches started raising their hand and being like, no, 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 I agree, blah, blah, blah. Then, this is the part that triggered me the most. Um... An Asian student raised their hand and was like, oh, my teacher did that experiment and it really shifted the way I um, 
see myself and perceive myself as someone with brown eyes. I was like, babes, I don't think it was that experiment that affected your perception of yourself. I think it's the white beauty standards in America, if we're being honest <laughs> with ourselves. And I was just like, the audacity for you to say that while you know I'm like arguing with these white folks about racism, about like literally them like minimizing the violence of like racism and white supremacy in America, like you really about to share that experience right now? Like, what? And so I'm just incredibly frustrated with white academia, academic spaces, because white people are so fucking violent. And I'm, I was just so pissed. Like, I was so mad. And there was only one other, like, you know, person of color besides the Asian bitch. Um, and they were basically saying that they he didn't say anything. He didn't raise his hand. He didn't speak. He was just staring at me the whole time. And it was just really frustrating because I felt like the two people of color in the room were not in solidarity with me. And it was incredibly frustrating. And I feel like that was really, like, so, so upsetting. But then we started, like, I was unpacking with Emily and Natalia about, like, my experiences in academia. And I'm going to let them talk a little bit. But we also get shit like this from professors, too. And now we're going to kind of transition into that. (laughs) (sighs) Um, Okay, I'll I'll go first because, like, time-wise. So I remember I'm very much a person, like I try to prepare myself for my future very early on. And I remember last semester um, when we were talking about like, you know, how it was very frustrating for me and stuff. Um, I remember I was also in the process of figuring out which professor can help me, like can guide me in terms of, you know, developing like a writing sample for graduate school applications and stuff. And I remember um, I was in communication with one of my professors where, you know, it was clear that he told me, like, hey, your writing needs, you know, improvement and stuff. And you know what? I take constructive criticism very well, especially as someone who, you know, be struggling with their writing and shit. Um, And I remember there was, um, I remember I went to his office. I'm being very vulnerable with him. I'm like, I really want to pursue graduate school, like, right away. Like, I don't want to enter any other space in terms of working and stuff and like I just don't have like outside resources to really help me so I want to make sure I take advantage of every resource here at our school and this man really told me like I really recommend you to take a year off and when I tell you at that moment I felt so discouraged I was like this this professor right here Someone who clearly can see that, like, I'm already feeling insecure with my writing. I'm insecure about, like, you know, just all these unprecedented, like, future plans of mine and stuff. I'm, like, he's he's telling me to take a pause on, like, my goals and automatically assuming that I'm going to have the academic resources that I have right now here in this, like, institution and... Yeah, just not being culturally aware of, like, myself being a first-generation student, like, not wanting to go back home and be in the environment that I was in. And, yeah, like, I felt like a freshman. I was just telling him on this. I was like, when he told me that, I felt like I was a freshman all over again, experiencing hella imposter syndrome, just doubting my self-worth in this school. And I'm like, I understand. You could be honest with me and tell me that graduate school is difficult it is it's highly vigorous and all that stuff but for you just to like comfortably say like i recommend you taking a year off and not understanding like those words make a like leave a huge impact on me and start leading me into like this overthinking kind of cycle in my head 
it was just very inconsiderate. And from that point on, I knew very well, I was like, you know what, this is not a professor I want to work with because he's already undermining my ability to enter graduate school. And trust me, like when I was a senior in high school, like I was already doubting my worth, like if in terms of like, can I get into a, like a private school for college? And you sure I damn did. <laughs> I know that. But it's because like I was having such I had such an amazing support system. So when I so when these professors like willingly tell us like, oh, you're not capable of doing this and not being culturally aware of like all of our circumstances of our marginalized identities, it's just so harmful and it perpetuates so much harm. And when I tell you after that conversation, when I talk to my advisor who is a like Latina woman and then my other professor who's a um, black woman, they highly encouraged me and basically told me like that other professor should have never said shit, should have never said that to me. And yeah, that was last semester. So you can already tell like this is not something that is being said to us like as seniors. It's it's been happening all these years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that shit is crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, my experience really happened last week. Like, like fresh <laughs> up, like fresh wounds. Like, <laughs> fresh wounds. Um, but anyways, basically, um, some background. I think before I even explain, like, I got accepted to this program uh, to go visit Stanford um, and really get to meet all their like. Uh, economic faculty and staff which are like these renowned researchers keep this in mind like very selective process application and just in general like it doesn't mean admissions it's just kind of a program for like people who are really just trying to consider a PhD and econ Mm -hmm. and so you know just even getting accepted to that program is already like a milestone and achievement within itself Um, and so I was telling my econ professor who is, like, also a renowned researcher as well. But besides the point, I was telling my econ professor and office hours, like, hey, I'm going to miss class because blah, 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 blah. And I told him, he was like, yeah, 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 I got your email. I remember, like, okay, I'm going to write it again so I don't forget. But basically, I was just like, you know, before I leave, like, do you have any advice for when you meet people, like, how to network? What should I ask? How can I start conversing about this research? Keep in mind the question that I'm asking him. I asked him any advice for when I go to the event. Why did this man start talking about, well, let's be honest here. Like, I don't think you're going to get into Stanford right after college. And I was like, that's not even what I fucking asked you. Like, that, it just goes to show where your mind was at, your mentality, um, what you think about me, and just in general. Like, you know, it was kind of, like, frustrating. And he just kind of went on a rant about, you know, like, be honest with yourself. You're not getting into Stanford. Uh, and if you do really want to get into Stanford or a big school, I recommend you taking, like, doing a master's. And he was just like, that's what I did. And I think, like, my experience, uh, keep in mind this was the last week, <laughs> my experience is really, like, you really have to take a lot of these things with a grain of salt. And, like, First of all, it was already frustrating. Like, that's not even what I fucking asked you. You didn't even answer my fucking question. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> and two, when you did answer my question, it was useless. You just said, enjoy the ride. Enjoy while it lasts. Like, have fun while you're there. Like, damn. Like, thank you. And that's literally all you can do. I mean, it's just a little disappointing that you would think that going to 
a baby IV or like a prestigious institution, like the one we would tend to, like getting here is already hard enough. So I think it should say something about that. But also it's just like you would think that the faculty would believe that you have more potential or would support you or at least pretend to support you, you know? Like Mm -hmm. whether they think that or not, I don't think it's their place to say. But I also think it's like not everybody has the same situation. And it's also the worst time in our lives to hear something of like negativity when you're a senior you're already stressed about school you're already stressed about shit what i'm gonna do after college and i think hearing other people's opinion just always really like deteriorates you makes you overthink even more about the situation and it's just really unfortunate Mm -hmm. but yeah and you know what's crazy is that like these professors are supposed to support you. Like, that's their primary role here. That's what this institution promises, that, like, we will get support from these faculty members, resources. And not similar, not exactly the same as Natalia, but I was asking a professor for a recommendation letter because I'm currently in the process of applying to PhD programs, which I will go to and I will get into. I don't give a fuck what anyone else <laughs> says. And basically... Their response was like, well, um, not even like, yes, can I write, I can write you the letter. It was just kind of like, let's make sure you're going to graduate school for the right reasons. And I don't think that this professor like understands one, like my positionality as a first gen student, as someone who is queer, as someone who is brown, as someone who is low income, and Beyond that, like, gender studies itself, women and gender studies, like, I have never heard of a queer Muslim professor, you know? Like, I think the barriers that I'm already trying to break down are already so fucking deep-rooted in white supremacy, classism, elitism, colorism, what, like, and so for you to say that, for you to be like, oh, let's make sure you're doing it for the right reasons, it's like, my reasons are not going to be the same as yours. Like, I'm not, I don't get to only choose academia because I, I love it. Like, let's be real. Like, let's be honest with ourselves. I don't fucking dream of labor. I don't dream of academic labor. I don't dream of fucking capitalistic labor. I dream of eating a mango on a beach, okay? That's what I dream of. <laughs> no, really. So for you to be saying to me, I need you to be choosing this for the right reasons, what are the right reasons? Because... I feel like the fact that my professor was able to take a year off and pursue a job and have an apartment and and have all these resources, I can't do that. Like, I cannot do that. And culturally, I cannot do that. For many reasons, I cannot do that. And it's just one so insensitive, like, to to, to just imply that I, I shouldn't go to grad school. But two, it's also like, if I was stupid, I would understand. But y'all, I'm not dumb. I'm, I'm a very smart student. I have many internship experiences. I have many nonprofit experience. I have a lot of social justice and advocacy experience. And so for this professor to be saying that, I'm like, babes, the, the shit you be theorizing about is the shit that I live. Okay? So let's let's get that. Let's, let's put that on the table. Let's bring it to the kitchen table. Because <laughs> you be reading about shit, I be living it, bitch. <laughs> but you know what's crazy now that I'm realizing like all of our experiences have been with white professors yeah. yes. like because I feel like at least like the professors that I have spoken to mm-hmm. 
are usually people of color who are supportive mm-hmm. and like willing to be down, give you recommendations, support mm-hmm. you in any way. I've had one professor who is like, get your, like, if you want, I'll support you with your PhD, who is white. But even then, like, you know, I don't know. It's very, it's to, to each its own. But it's a lot of like white supremacy and these fucking white professors really, you know, thinking that they know everybody and everybody's like, background and situation and i was just like i cannot even afford to take a gap year if i wanted to mm-hmm. you don't even understand my family situation mm-hmm. or just like the privilege within that itself mm-hmm. so i don't know i was telling him on i was like what does fucking professor think i'm gonna do like my mom's gonna make me breakfast bring it to me in fucking bed like right when i finish school like what does she think what does she think this is and it's true like and i even i remember um like, I've I mentioned this, like, multiple times. Like, freshman year, like, ooh, my imposter syndrome was going crazy. And I had this white professor, my professor for my intro WGS class. And she was, although she was white, she was, like, first generation. And the fact that this woman, like, literally saw what I was going through and, like, encouraged me. And at that moment, she even told me, she was like, I could see you go to graduate school. I could see you pursuing a master's, pursuing a PhD, because she knew that I not only was I smart and I had so many things to bring to the table, but she saw that I was committed, and she saw that that was a way for me to, like, get out, to seek the resources, to seek, like, all the possibilities that I want in my life, and, like, how academia really supports many people in our family, like, us... us going to college was a way for us to get out of what we knew before. And, and you know what? The same logic can apply to college, right? People could have told us, yeah, don't apply to the school. Don't yeah. apply to these institutions. Mm-hmm. Like, what makes you think you're actually going mm-hmm. to be able to survive and, and excel mm-hmm. there? And look at that. We're about to walk across that stage very, very soon. Mm-hmm. And so my thing is, like, I made it in this violent-ass white institution here. Well, what makes you think I can't make it through another one? Like, we are we are constantly, as marginalized folks, competing against the odds all of our life. Like, for us to be sitting in this table, to still be here, like... Yeah. Not a lot of people have made it this far. We, we yeah. have people that started with us, with our class year, that are no longer here. Like, and that's just the reality of these types of institutions. The numbers of POC, marginalized people, involved in them get smaller and smaller because these institutions right. are built for white cis men. And so, especially when it comes from, like non-white cis men like still white people nonetheless i'm just like babes you think this institution is rooting for you too (laughs) no for real for real like this this white man really told me like i should just take a gap year i'm like are you gonna be paying for my fucking therapy when i go back home like are you gonna be paying for it not even that and and yes 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 Yes. exclamation point (laughs) but like i don't think like they understand as well like, the money that goes into it. Because the fact that my professor, instead of saying, go straight to your PhD, mm-hmm. like, I see it, mm-hmm. I envision you, yada, yada. He said, get a master's. Do you know how expensive a master is? For real. Do you think I have money? Because undergrad alone a, in a year is 75000 mm-hmm. Like, do you think I have 75000 times two? Because, and they barely give scholarship. I was lucky to even... Be in this institution, like, debt-free. Like, mm-hmm. do you think I have money to pay for my ma- Are you paying for my master's? No. <laughs> Are you going to pay for my PhD after that? No. So then, <laughs> mind your business. I didn't even ask for your input. So that's how I feel. It's like, you can't give advice 
without even just considering all the outcomes or even just like I don't know everything that comes into play to it because he just said oh get your master's helps you figure out a bit more what you really want to do and then you get your PhD Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Do you understand the money? I'm sorry. I I don't have money to pay for it. But also, like, I just feel like the way that people perceive grad school, like, you really think... Because some of these professors, let's be honest, they be talking about nonsense, stupid shit. Like, I promise you I'd be sitting in some of these classes and I'm like, <laughs> do you hear yourself? Like, who the fuck are you talking to? And I just think it's re- it's very, very interesting because... Also, your PhD is like six, seven years. You have so m- before you start your dissertation and before you start doing research for your dissertation, you're typically taking like common core required classes, mm-hmm. just like you would for gr- undergrad, right? And so I'm like, you have all this time to figure out what you want to research, what you want to excel in, like what you 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 really want your expertise to be in but there's so much time and I think like instead of offering advice about that or saying oh maybe look into what sector of economics you want to you know specialize in or here's literature you should read so you can get an idea of what type of scholarship you want to hone in Mm -hmm. on no just spewing nonsense and Mm -hmm. unbeneficial stuff and you know what if I can cut off people my age I will cut off professors out of my life (laughs) because I don't care if you're fucking 40 or you're 70 or your ass crack has gray hairs like, I don't give a fuck what degree you have. You don't have a degree in my life. You don't. You're not the, an expert on my life. Yeah. Um, this reminded me of a, when I was doing my teaching fellowship, like, two summers ago, um, my supervisor gave me this book called Other People's Children, um, Cultural Conflict in the Classroom. It's by Lisa Del Pitt. And, you know, of course, this is more in the context of, like, student teachers going into more of, like, a public school um, space where multiple demographics exist, very, like, multiracial students, et cetera, et cetera. And, like, in the book, there was an emphasis on how, like, how so many white educators just lack cultural awareness mm-hmm. when, like, being in a classroom with marginalized students, like, mm-hmm. coming from various backgrounds, various socioeconomic statuses, and how much, like, the harms that they perpetuate is because of this lack of cultural awareness. And you will fucking think that these professors who have all this access to literature, academia, and shit, would at least be culturally aware and stop the perpetuations of harm they do, tor- they put on their students. Like, you will fucking think and I'm like, you want me to take a gap year? No, bitch. Take a fucking gap year from teaching and, re- and like reflect on all the shit that you be doing wrong in the fucking classroom. For real. And I'm like, and and also it's just so, like, do you not even have, like, sympathy, like, for my situation to not even speak those words out of your mouth? So, yeah, I recommend the book. I think everyone should read it, especially if you're going into, like, an education space or just, you know. And actually, we were talking about something in my education class that most professors, if you call them a teacher, they're actually offended by that. Yeah, I did hear that, too. Because they are they perceive teachers as less than. But Mm -hmm. also, not every professor can teach. Ooh, like these professors are not qualified teachers. And I know this and I'm not a teacher. I'm not. But I am an educator and I have experience with education. And it takes a lot to be a teacher, but it does not take a lot to be a professor. In, in, in complete honesty and in my perception, because I feel like to be an, a teacher, you have to have empathy and critical thinking. And these mm-hmm. motherfuckers do not have critical thinking skills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, 
You would think, because I would think that that's one of the skills you build on at a PhD program, but clearly not. No, I think we all have valid points, because everyone in this fucking room has been, has experienced public school education and has seen the hard work, like, a lot of teachers, or the lack of hard work teachers have gone through because Mm -hmm. of, like, just, you know, the system failing on them. But also, we have also all experienced professors in this white private institution and like how they also perpetuate harms in various ways how a lot of them really can't fucking teach no they can't. Really. like what are why are you assigning me readings if you're gonna put every fucking quote on the on the powerpoint <laughs> miss ma'am please why are you t- <laughs> you know what she ain't that bad but you know shit like that i'm like what like, are, i could have done that shit myself no really no for real Put me in. Like, no. give me your fucking degree. <laughs> no, for real. I was, <laughs> I'm like, just give me the fucking book. Uh, just give me the fucking book. I'll teach it myself. And you know what? I really think that this is so harmful because if, mm-hmm. if you, you know what? If, like, and this is why I don't think you should ever, like, you can respect people, but I don't think you should ever look up to a white, yeah, a white person. And I, and I don't mean that, like, obviously, like, I don't want to journalize all white people, mm-hmm. but I really feel like, this came from a professor that I looked up to. And then the minute I realized mm-hmm. what they said, I was like, I don't look up to you. Because as much as your proximity in, in your research, like, you learn about the experiences of BIPOC people, it mm-hmm. still does not mean that you have empathy and you see me as a person who is who has potential. And that's, and that's really fucked up. Because, again, like, you would think your, your professor they would, like, see this potential in you. Like, this is someone that you look up to. But no. no. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Me and him, at the moment, have a love and hate relationship. Um, but that's a different story. I'm crying. I know he's been doing you dirty. It's too dirty lately, so. No, I, honestly, Iman, Iman, you have a good point. Like, I really only genuinely take the advice of people who I share identities with. Yeah. Because if I'm sitting right in front of you and like we can't even share one common experience through our upbringing, you don't know where I'm coming from. You won't have like a bigger understanding of why I'm making these life decisions. Mm-hmm. And you're going to continue to gaslight me and and say like, oh, no, but I feel like you should do this. You should do that. Mm-hmm. No, no, you don't. And nine times out of ten, you're not even asking them, should I go to grad school? I just asked you for a recommendation letter. Write the fucking letter and leave me alone. Yeah, and honestly, <laughs> like, mind your business. Like, <laughs> no, like answer the question that is proposed, and that is yeah, it. Nobody no. asked you for anything else. No, really. <laughs> and you know what? This happened to me last week, too. I was reaching out. <laughs> Yo, they really be saying unsolicited advice, bro. I didn't even ask this professor. Again, Who? I've been... Who? We'll talk about it after. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> you know we're not. <laughs> anyway, no, not even dropping. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm in. I'm in the process of communicating with this professor, and you know, I'm telling her like I really want to create a writing sample. Like the class I'm taking is very. Al- um, the class I'm taking with oh her is very God. aligned with like my academic interests. And then you know she's recommending this class that, like I should take with her next semester, like um, a research seminar, all that stuff. And then she really told me unsolicited. She was like, I really recommend you like to take a year off and stuff. And I already and I was like, no worry, hon. Like another professor already fucked me over. Like I have to already take a year off. And thankfully, like I have come to peace with that. But like 
again, unsolicited advice. That was not the question. That was not the question I asked you, babes. And you already are putting this input. And then she starts saying how, like, I took five years off at my job. and I, Like, I was working for five years and I went back in and stuff. I was like, I don't know about you, but the way that our public school's education system kind of, like, indoctrinated us in terms of, like, learning material... When I would come back to school September, I would lose all the material, like all my writing skills, all my all my comprehension skills, like through two months. Exactly. So break. imagine makes, five years. Imagine five years with people like I have no one in my family who can like, you know, keep up with like academic readings who I can like converse in, like scholarly, mm-hmm. like materials, like who like who <laughs> what is this? And I and then when she said that, I was like Okay, so, like, would that mean, like, will we still be in contact throughout this year? She never answered that question. And I was like, you see, bitch, you people be putting their advice and not trying to back it up with other resources. Five years is crazy, though. No, five years. I'm like, babes, I've been working since I was 16. Mm -hmm. Maybe you never had to pay a a single thing in your life, but, bitch, I've been working since I was 16. I don't want to work anymore. Again, I don't dream of labor. At that point, I might as well just enter corporate and work a nice paying job. (laughs) They pay well. They put their money where their mouth is. No, because I'm like, y'all want me to work some minimum-ass wage job in a fucking nonprofit that's underpaid and overstressed. Mm -hmm. I can barely fucking pay my bills. I can't even buy the good toilet paper that wipes my ass well. Like, are you (laughs) fucking with me? But you know what? And you know what? Ooh. So, (laughs) this same professor who told me I can't get into Stanford, right? He also, I, so, honestly, I would have been way more mad about his commentary if I didn't already have something lined up. Because then I really had nothing to really go off of. Like, I would have been like, shit. But, since I do have something, I told him, well, okay, maybe I'll take two years off and I'll work and I'll try it again. He was like, and I was like, but I honestly don't see myself doing corporate forever. Mm -hmm. He was like, I honestly don't see you doing corporate either. Mind your fucking business. I did not ask you. He really said that? Yes. And I was like, you just don't see me doing shit. What do you want me to do? Sell tamales in the corner? Like, what do you see me doing? (laughs) If it's not corporate, if it's not education, like, what? And then I asked him, I was like, oh, what do you see me doing? Like, what? Like, what is it? He was like, definitely not corporate, though. But you don't answer my question. But you ask. You not even ask. I ask you something. You literally dismiss it. You, You literally answer something else. So At I'm that confused. point, he's having a conversation with himself because, like, he's not even putting you into. But that's what I'm saying. These he, professors have shit to say with no resolutions. No resolutions. And I was just like, and I looked at him like, okay, thanks. <laughs> I'll try to figure it out then. <laughs> like, yeah, give I know me some not advice. to come to for office hours again. Ugh. No, and that's why I'm like, I'm, I'm done taking advice from people. I know what I want to do, and I'm getting to that PhD. And shit, do you want to get a PhD in econ? Bitch, we could all do it. Because clearly, if these professors are as dumb as they are, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm giving your degree because I'm smarter than no, you. Really, like, really? What, you published a p- fucking couple of books and you think you hot shit? Mm-hmm. Please. No, yeah, and that's why I was telling Mon, um, I was like, hey, contact this professor I took last semester. Like, she's amazing. And then, look, there's nothing more reassuring than, like, just receiving advice with people who, you know, have similar upbringings. Like I was saying, it just it just holds so much more value. And like what Natalia said, literally taking all, this, all of this shit with a grain of salt. Because I kid you not, like, I think 
the reason why I'm going to walk that stage across Maine is because of the communal support that I have received all these, like, these past four years. Mm -hmm. Like, hearing from my friends, from the staff who, like, I share identities with, like, I am capable and and my worth here is, it's so much more than, like, I can ever imagine. So when these professors do be start, like, start saying their unsolicited advice, I'm like, I'm not even, like... I'm not here to like reassure you or to like follow your path or whatever. Like I'm here for the people who like couldn't come here before me and I'm doing it for the people who's going to come after me. Yeah. And you know what the gag is? The professor Natalia told me that like I already told you this Emily, but they literally were like there's not that many jobs in academia. So you know what I did? <laughs> I went on my mom, phone. I searched sur- <laughs> sur- teaching positions for gender studies professor. I saw one for black studies, gender studies at like 20 different schools. I was like, babes, what? <laughs> who, who, who told you they weren't hiring? They might not be hiring you, but they sure as hell will hire me. And you know what's frustrating is like, from our professors of color, I've never heard this never, before. Never. My advisor is a first gen person she's a queer woman literally married to a whole woman of color love that bitch um and basically she went straight into like her master's and phd and i was like do you think i could do it she was like of course look at you you're so smart (laughs) like none of my no one like none of my poc Mm -hmm. or like professors who are immigrants like none of them have told me like you can't do it and you Mm -hmm. know what if they would have said that i will understand mind you my friends have also been like yeah bitch you could do it like my friends are not just going to tell me that I could do it because they want to gas me up. Like, please, we all know who's sitting at this table. <laughs> but, like, it's just, it's so frustrating because, again, I think it's, like, as much as, like, these professors be like, I'm, we want to support students of color, mm-hmm. they don't see us as adequate they in, don't. in comparison to our white yeah. counterparts. And you can you can feel it. And, and then I, and when we were talking about this earlier today, I'm like, I really wonder if, like, because <laughs> Imam was telling me this. First of all, we take, like, the shuttle bus to go to, like, the arts building for our painting class. <laughs> and Imam, like, we're on the shuttle, and we just be seeing the most, like, crazy shit on this bus. Mind you, like, there's the mad other white students of ours. So they're just hearing all this. And then I was thinking, like, us saying this, and then also me realizing, like, there's, like, two other people in that bus who are applying to, like, graduate school programs and they're like white American, I wonder, I'm like, I wonder if their professors ever doubted them, like how we are experiencing experiencing that doubt right now. Yeah. And I'm gonna tell you who I thought of right away in that in our class. Hmm. So yeah, and I was just thinking, I was like, I really wanna ask her right now, like, has did she ever receive like some sort of doubt from her professors? Yeah. Cause it's it's so it's very violent and it's really it's racist. Very, yeah, it's very racist. It's misogynistic. It's it's all the isms, really. <laughs> I would understand though if it's like mm, your GPA ain't good for it, or mm, you failed like five <laughs> classes already, or mm, you you missed the whole semester. Like, it ha- and the crazy thing is, it has nothing to for at least. I can speak for us three. It has nothing to do with our grades. It has nothing to do with our involvement. Like, we have been involved. We have all had internships. It's like, this is what people have been telling you since freshman year. Get an internship. Get a good GPA. Get all this. We did everything right. And then now we're still getting screwed over. Like, what the fuck? Like, I I truly would understand if a professor, if that same professor told me my face, Mm -hmm. "Mm, your GPA is low. 
I don't know if that's something you want to do right away. Maybe you should like boost your GPA by going to your master's. That wasn't the that wasn't the problem. And that wasn't the advice he gave me either. So it just goes to show it has nothing to do with the fuck you do in college. It has everything to do as you as a person. Mm-hmm. And you know what's crazy? My G- I have probably the highest GPA in my major. Mm-hmm. I have like almost a 4.0 in my major GPA. I've done internships t- this, all these three years. I've done two internships at a time. I've done research. On paper, I'm perfect. And like, and I'm still inadequate. And you know what? Knowing that we have the grades, knowing that we have the leadership experience, everything, right? We knew this coming in. We knew that we need to do all this extra stuff because we weren't just going to rely on, like, our application towards the end with no backup, like, perfect grade, like, list of extracurricular activities, internship experiences, everything. Like, we knew already coming in that, like, we need to exceed above the average student here to continue our education if we ever decided to do that later Mm -hmm. on in the line. Yeah. We did in high school. We're going to do it now. We're doing it now. And we're most likely going to keep doing it for the rest of our lives as folks who are marginalized in so many different areas and keep receiving, like, harm in these academic spaces, knowing that these academic spaces is, is guiding us in social mobility. And it's just so discouraging sometimes to hear it. And, like, sometimes I want to tell these professors, I'm going to be like, you realize, like, there are nights where there was no food on the table. Like, there were nights where we didn't even know how we are going to pay the electricity bill. Like, there were nights, there were months on end where we were behind on rent. Mm. And you are telling me to take a year off and do fucking what? You really think a minimum wage job is going to help me take care of myself and five other people? Like, my dad is literally entering his 60s, and he's like, I'm fucking tapped out now. Like, yeah. you need to take over. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, like, do I have to sit here and trauma dump so that you can understand mm-hmm. the severity of what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Because I think when we tell them we don't have another option, they think we're just like, we're just like, ooh, grad school, that sounds appealing. Like, let's try it. Like, babes, no. Like, I just... I'm like, what is going... Are y'all missing a brain cell? Like, what is going on? Is it the water y'all drinking? Are all mm-hmm. white people, like, d- have this one brain cell that's missing from their head? I, I don't I don't know. I don't like the water out here. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So disappointing. So discouraging. It's mm-hmm. just... It's just a shame. Like, and it's the... I really just want to reiterate, it's the worst time in your life to hear something like this. Mm-hmm. It's the worst position to be in as a senior. It's, like, discouraging, and it doesn't... Like, the process to even find jobs or grad school is already hard enough. Like, Mm -hmm. extremely hard. Mm -hmm. So much has to be put into it, whether it's interviews, writing samples. There's In every aspect, there's something you have to do to secure something after graduation. And, like, some of these professors really think their opinion really matters and it gives you their advice regardless like i didn't ask you for that i'm asking you how can i be better now how can you stop my process and deteriorate me and put me down like that's not what i asked for and so it's just it's a shame and especially going to such a prestigious uh, college as that we go to it's just a shame that like you would think 
someone would support you in the way you wanted to be supported. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not it's not like I'm asking you to bend your back, uh, back backwards for me. I'm literally asking you for advice or I'm asking you a question or I'm asking you for a letter or I'm asking you something, just something so simple. And it's like, I don't know. I really hope it changes for the future generations. But honestly, I, I think it's just a repeating cycle. Oh, bitch, this is white supremacy at play. Yeah, like, and, and really. that's why, like, I think it's so meaningful to have, like, professors of color and professors mm-hmm. who have identities similar mm-hmm. to us because, like, they understand. Yeah, and bitch, that is what we're doing. Like, we are people. Every 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 person here in this room, like, wants to somehow possibly enter these academic spaces because we see students like us every single day, like, and we want to be able to support them. Like, that's why I love to be an educator because much of the, like, the the support that I have received in my life has been through academic spaces, and I want to continue to do that for mm-hmm. my community. Like, that's where I have seen the most hope in my life, mm-hmm. through acad- academia. And, yeah. Oh, because I could get real emotional right now, and I'm not trying to do that. I'm my period. <laughs> <laughs> One of my professors, who's also my advisor, she was like, I told Emily about this, and Ataya, but she was like that theorizing is essentially just making sense of the pain that has yeah. happened in our lives. And it's so shitty because these professors are sitting here theorizing, talking about these institutions, mm-hmm. calling them out, and yet still participating in perpetuating that violence. Yeah. And they're, it's not like they're doing it absentmindedly, too. Like, they're doing it intentionally. Like, you, you know you're minimizing us. You know you're telling us, like, shit, you shouldn't even try. Your mom, don't play, because that will really make a passive-aggressive comment in class. <laughs> Honestly, go ahead. You know what? I- go ahead, because mm-hmm. I've cr- like I've spent the past couple weeks literally crying and, like, having panic attacks over grad school just to, like, literally, like, I had to sit with Natalia, and I'm, like, sobbing, and I'm, like, I don't think I could do it. And Natalia's, like, no, you need to believe that you could do this, mm-hmm. otherwise you can't do it. Mm-hmm. And for me to tell, to finally work up the courage to be, like, you know what, I'm going to apply, I'm going to mm-hmm. do this. Mm-hmm. And then to have someone literally, like, shut me down yet mm-hmm. again, it's, like, damn, I could do that myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, you really think I can't pick apart my flaws? I can it's emotionally exhausting. It is. And it's an emotional roller coaster too. It is. And that's something people don't really talk about because mm-hmm. I think with the emotions you go through senior year, <laughs> therapy should be free. Like <laughs> No, literally. Therapy should be required, class, like it should be free ninety nine. And it's just crazy. It really is. What is something that, you know, now that you are in the midst of senior year and you know we're in like week five or something? What would you tell, like, you five weeks ago? Like, from what you have learned thus far. And I know it's only been five weeks, but, like, what if you could say it to yourself in something in the beginning of the semester, what would you have said to yourself? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> These five weeks feel like five years, but yet, like, five minutes. Like, it's a mixture of both. Like, it feels like it's been a lifetime ago but it feels so Mm -hmm. quick like Mm -hmm. it feels like it happened yesterday but i i am gonna pre like preference by saying what i said last semester like the only demons are your fucking self like forget about everybody else forget about my professor forget about like Mm -hmm. people like honestly nobody's opinion matters but your own Mm -hmm. and if you want to do that do that if you Mm -hmm. don't want to do it 
don't do it to impress nobody. Mm-hmm. Don't do it for, oh, it makes you... No, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. If you want to, though, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And, you know, make sure that's something you really want to do. Mm-hmm. But I... I think, like, in general, like, I think this year, this semester for me is really, like, doing what you want to do for yourself, Mm -hmm. what makes you happy, what you need in your life. Because at the end of the day, and this is is because maybe I'm entering my senior mentality, nobody is going to be there afterwards. Like, Mm -hmm. some of you I'm not even seeing after college. And some professors, yeah, not paying for grad school. So it's like, take everything with a grain of salt. No, literally. Yeah, I think... I would have just, I mean, I feel like I was already telling myself this throughout the summer, too, because as someone who just has so much anxiety about her future, um, I would just tell like tell myself, I'm like, I'm on my own journey. Everyone is, everyone is on a different journey. Like, me comparing my plans to someone else's, like, does not bring me any, anything in my life. Um, and yeah, like, just being okay and, like, accepting the fate that the universe wants me to have like things that are completely out of my control and like that have just turned out and like how is just you know how it be right now is completely out of my control and I just have to go with the flow like I have to give myself time and patience to really see like where I'm going to end up and um but yeah like just just heavy emphasis on like I'm on my own journey like I'm on my own timing and being so focused on outside noise is not going to bring me mm-hmm. any any security, any affirmation, and also not any joy, too. Like, mm-hmm. I think similarly to what y'all said, like, you are an expert in your own life. Like, well, you know it. what's best for you. Everything mm-hmm. else is just background noise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if, if I feel like senior year, if you don't realize that, like, you know what's best for you, you will literally be pulled in 20 yeah. different directions. Yeah. Like, yeah. people will have you going crazy because everyone has an opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, one person will tell you, yes, that's amazing. And someone will be like, nope, don't do that. Yeah, but I think that also, like, reiterates, like, not, like, there's no set in stone path. Like, everybody's going to take a different path mm-hmm. in life. And, like, just because, oh, my professor did a master's before he got his Ph.D. does not mean I have to do the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you do not, ha- like, nobody's path is, like, the perfect path and the set mm-hmm. in stone path. Like, sometimes you have to go a different route to get there. And that's just the beauty yeah. of life. And, like, if you feel like, shit, if I know I don't want to do a master's, I want to go straight. Like, that's just a path I need to take for myself and nobody mm-hmm. else can do that for me. Mm-hmm. But... I hope, like, if you are listening to this, just to be reminded of all the advice that we're giving you, like, to know that really prioritizing the community that you have, especially a community where you share multiple identities, because mm-hmm. those are people who who get you, who know yeah. your worth, like, to the core, who know your value and your capabilities and all the things that you can accomplish in this world. So I hope this gives you um, a lot of, Reassurance. Reassurance, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, y'all. It's like fucking, what time is it? It's 6 o'clock. I need a nap. <laughs> but just a lot of reassurance on, like, the journey that y'all going on because this shit ain't easy. It's not. I feel like this podcast has just um, been, at least this season, is just how shitty <laughs> senior, <laughs> senior year has been. Like, 
Bitch, next season, I want to be just talking about, damn, I got so drunk the night before. Yeah. Like, yeah. I couldn't wake up this morning. Like, this <laughs> morning. That's the type of episode I want to do. But <laughs> any last Oh, my words? God. We should do a. Oh, my God. No. Yeah. We're communicating on possible ideas. Yes. <laughs> just know, next semester, I think this semester is just very intense, very serious for all of us. But I just hope you know that, like, we're all in this digital community together. And, you know, if y'all are seniors or not, like, we're experiencing life as well. Mm-hmm. So we just know you're not alone in it. And right. we are very open about, like, our experiences. We're very transparent. And we hope that, like, you know that, like, we're all struggling together. Yeah. So it's okay. Literally. That's how you build community, too. Mm-hmm. That's how you build solidarity. Period. Yeah. All right. <laughs> period. Ah, period. Uh. <laughs> I can't that video, bro. Oh my Wait, God. we actually we need to unpack this. Oh my God, there's a whole TikTok, and it was like the way that she dressed up, like and like basically fake curly hair, yeah. lashes, nails was very much appropriating black culture, yeah. and like I was just like, babes, and. One like TikToker was making a video and was like, "You like y'all are literally helping her get famous." Because yeah, she got a record deal. What? Yeah, yeah she got like a whole bad re- baby all over again. Oh yeah, she God. got a whole yes, bad baby. But bad baby has some bops. Not gonna lie, because <laughs> I do be listening to her in my free time. <coughs> but this one, this one only said period, uh, period, poo. I could have said the same shit. <laughs> shit it would have taken me out of this misery like right now <laughs> i'm trying to figure out what i'm doing after college so yeah oh, all right thank y'all for tuning in peace love and positivity <laughs> thank you y'all for coming to the kitchen table bye see you soon <laughs>